Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Veterans Care Association and Timor Awakening podcast. The Timor Awakening program is an 11-day immersive, holistic and peer-to-peer veterans program based in East Timor that has a singular vision, which is to promote the health and well-being of veterans and veterans' families. Due to the current restrictions from COVID-19, we are running slightly abridged programs on the Gold Coast uh, with the same vision and same aim. We're using these opportunities to sit down with our participants one-on-one and conduct podcast interviews to capture their story and their lessons learned and things that we can all learn from uh, as we as veterans and wounded healers move through our own journey and help others do the same. We're going to be covering a whole range of topics including defence transition, mental health, relationships, veteran suicide, PTSD and post-traumatic growth. Whether you're out and about or listening to this at home or driving in your car, we do trust that you'll learn a lot by listening to our participants. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome back, listeners. My name is Michael Albrecht. Uh, we are at the tail end of TA15. We've been sitting down with our participants and uh, having a bit, a bit of a chat about their story and trying to capture some lessons learnt that uh, we can all learn from. So um, I'm sitting down with our final guest, and uh, his name is Judd. We're going to have a quick chat with him. G'day, mate. How you doing? Yeah, well, thanks, Michael. It's been uh, yeah, a very interesting week on uh, Timor Awakenings number 15. Uh, yeah. It's been amazing. In fact, I'm yeah, curious why I didn't uh, get involved earlier. Well, we'll delve into that as we go through it, mate. And uh, maybe just to kick things off for people who are listening, uh, I've been enough of these podcasts. No one needs to hear from me again. But uh, mm-hmm. just to um, give everybody a bit of an understanding of who you are, what uh, what your career involved and where you went and all that cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I uh, joined in 96, went to the Australian Defence Force Academy, got the chance to study mechanical engineering, uh, played a fair bit of footy, got busted up a few times. Um Doing that and uh, AFL, rugby, yeah, Aussie rules, yeah, Aussie rules, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Royal Military College, then back to Defence Academy to f- do the final year as a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great opportunity to meet a whole lot of a whole lot of people, and uh, then posted up to Darwin to uh, the First Brigade. Had a couple of postings there. Uh, got the opportunity to go to East Timor for um, four and a half months at the beginning of two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Um, Got married after that in 2004 uh, and then in 2005 went to Iraq for um, just under a month um, doing a, a kind of review. Okay. Uh, and yeah, after that my wife and I went to the UK. Uh, it was quite interesting actually being um, in Iraq, which is obviously at the time wasn't a particularly safe place, and then seeing on the telly about these... Um, Bombings in London, which is my next destination. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> After, yeah, yeah I'd go, go back to Darwin, pack up the house and then, then go. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and your wife is with us, by the way, on this program as well. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. So, yep. um, yeah, I actually left um, for Iraq on her birthday. Uh, <laughs> which <laughs> Only the Defence Force could send you, <laughs> send you away on your spouse's birthday. Yeah, well, it, it's not the, the flights weren't going every day of the week, so, yeah. Right. I do. Yep. Didn't have a huge amount, huge amount of choice there. And that's that's a big part of defence is that you kind of – you have a lot of like-minded individuals who yes. all agree to do the same thing <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so you got the chance to go to the UK and study. I uh, then came back to Melbourne and helped um, with an acquisition pro- program there. So uh, defence was buying equipment. And that is where I made the decision that I would leave the Defence Force. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, we moved – Several times after that, but yeah, so that was two thousand and two thousand and eight. By the time I left, and mm-hmm. um, our second daughter had been born by then, and yeah, 
moved around a little bit since then, but yeah, gone into into project management on defence mm-hmm. projects mostly, and uh, yeah, still work with a few veterans in in the company I'm in. So okay. just maintain that connection. But yeah, and what brought you on this, uh, or brought you both for that matter, on this program? Do you think? Uh, well, so got a classmate, a mutual classmate of mine, and uh, and Mick Stones, who who really talked up what Mick had been doing. Um, and I, I guess it's a, as a as a topic in terms of holistic health. Excuse that noise. Um, yeah, holistic health. I guess it's five a, probably was when I first started getting serious about. Yeah, what 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 else do you need to do beyond just what you're told to do? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of defence, because I guess I was also looking at how much longer am I going to be in defence. I need yep. to start taking some responsibility for this stuff. Uh, and it's been, yeah, it, well, it gets a journey for everyone, but it's been quite um, interesting seeing it all kind of packed into one in this this week-long program. So a uh, good opportunity to reflect and, um, yeah, acknowledge that obviously no one's got all the answers, but mm. things I thought I was well on top of, I'm not, and uh, I've yeah, got some real some work to do there. But certainly, now I've got a <coughs> uh, much better appreciation of yeah where to where to put my focus. If you were looking into holistic health back in 2005, you're ahead of the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Compared to most people, was that, that was a a label that wasn't even on most people's um, minds back then. Yeah, uh, look, I think so. I'd um, I tried out for special forces while I was in army and mm-hmm. not been successful. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, oh, well, I'm relatively fit. What can I do with that? I thought about uh, triathlon. So I was looking into nutrition then and um, okay. that kind of broader exercise base rather than just doing one thing or whatever. Because I think, yeah, when I was younger, exercise is really just what you were told to do or sport. Uh, and once you've got busted and can't play sport anymore, what what are you going to do then? So it was, yeah, it was around having something else to do. As it turned out, I... I never did a triathlon, but I got so into <laughs> cycling. Um, Wait, that's something big. came off the back of it. Yeah, yeah, that's been yeah. the big thing for me. Still um, doing it? Yeah, yeah. I oh, commuting mostly, but uh, yeah, mountain biking as well. So yeah, uh, I find yeah, it's good to have more than one thing. So I still have the first uh, road bike I bought, but I've had like three mountain bikes because uh, one just yeah, I just rode it till it died, and the next one got stolen at the um, last house we were at. Yeah. Right, and you're living in Canberra currently, right? Yeah, yeah. So okay. we backed onto reserve. Yep. There was a um, <laughs> a hole in the back wall of the shed, and uh, yeah, someone with a lot of time on their hands looked in there and went, "Geez, that looks good." Like the look of that. So they came around the front, uh, opened the d- like broke into the door, got it out. So I obviously get back, realised bike's missing, report that to the cops. Mm-hmm. About three months later, I uh, then realised my whippersnipper's gone missing. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Was it the same thief but or is this a serial I, of I different people? I it was the same thief right. and uh, I, it was a realisation that obviously I love cycling but I don't really love um, gardening, yeah, garden maintenance <laughs> as much. So, yeah. Nice one, nice one. And, uh, you know, your everybody's transition story is different. You know, I think yep. we've all done different things. We've all um, served at different ranks, served in different units, served mm. in different services. Um, and it's different for different people. And for some people, the transition started six months ago. For some people, it started 10 or 20 years ago. And yep. for some people, it's, it's to some extent, it feels like it's still going on. Mm-hmm. They may have a good career, but there's just like the uh, impact and, and the effect that being in the Defence Force for a long period of time tends to have on people. Yeah. Um, 
for better or for worse, mm. yeah, it's up to the individual, tends to hang around for a while. Mm. So for yourself, what's the, what's the transition period been like? Uh, well, I'd say I've probably been pretty fortunate transition-wise mm. in that um, like I was a logistician and I, I did an engineering degree, so it kind of it's quite valuable. Like the draw out of defence, particularly during the mining boom mm. in 2008, was mm-hmm. quite high. Yep. Um, so that helped. And my last job was a relatively civilianised job uh, in what was then the Defence Material Organisation. So, yep, yep. like, if you're in defence and you're thinking about getting out, like, yeah, probably being a recruit instructor at Kapuka, mm. not an ideal transition posting unless you then want to get yeah, some personal other training, training role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, the, if you can find those roles that you're working with civilians, um, by and large, helps. And also, if it involves... Commercial transactions. So when you're administering a contract for the Commonwealth, that helps because your next job may be that you're a consultant doing that very thing. Right. Just different project, obviously. So that helped. Um, but also looked it into it uh, years before I was going to get out. So as an officer, I'd thought it as responsibility to know what all this transition stuff is because I would have soldiers leaving. Right. Um, so probably three years before I got out, I went on a transition assistance came out because people said at the time you should probably should do it yep. so you know what's uh, the deal yep. um probably do one every five years because things change so yeah I, I did two of those one in darwin one in melbourne um made the call had quite a lengthy transition period so i used my leave so i was working with the new employer mm-hmm. with the leave and so on um had a good chunk of time off between uh finishing and, and starting and that was around when my second daughter was born so that helped and um yeah then got into it and then the gfc happened also the global financial crisis yep. so uh that got me um very attentive to what was going on <laughs> mm. certainly um yeah, was paying attention to what what it meant to now be uh, out of the army and, and in private enterprise what a time to get out of the army <laughs> what a time to get out of the most secure job <laughs> known to mankind just before the biggest you know crash in, in many, many years. Well, fortunately, um, the firm I was with, I was in their Newcastle office and Newcastle is very dependent on, um, sorry, that particular office had a large revenue stream from the mines and, or not, no, not the mines, sorry, the electricity generators. Um, and yeah, no one turned the lights off during the GFC. Awesome. Was still, yep. that was all still going. So Critical of an office functions. of a hundred, there was only one redundancy. Right. Um, but yeah, the day I heard about the redundancy, I, I, I called <laughs> the guy leading my part of things. Is mm. like, hey, do you need me to travel? What are you? <laughs> how can I be more flexible to yeah, uh, yeah. to assist? Um, he said, no, no, just stay with you. Everything's okay. So it, it's, it was quite a wake up call, um, but also a great opportunity to learn. So I think now that it's been what thirteen years that I've been out, uh, training. Inside defence compared with outside, completely different. So defence is most of the time training. Even when they're on operations, they're still training. Mm. They're still trying to find ways Running to, courses to get better. Yeah. Yep. Whereas um, in private enterprise, it's predominantly on the job. Mm. Um, there will be training, but it's it's like it's a fraction of what you get inside defence. So um, you need to, to take the opportunities that are presented yeah. because that's the training. Right, so if, yeah, it, it's not structured, and mm. people aren't like testing you and and telling you, um, yep, this is what you scored on that, and that's a pass. Um, yeah, it's very much mm. 
uh, what do they say? Fail, fail early, fail often. Yeah. Fail, so fail forward, fail fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. The, 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 I guess it, it's just very much back on the individual, and I think this is a key transition element is yep. um, taking responsibility for yourself. So certainly within defence, no one likes anyone who's capable of taking responsibility for yourself. But um, what is definitely different is the the focus on the organisation changes. Um, so, yeah, the, the organisation very much supports individuals through their career pathway yep. inside defence, um, whereas outside, not all organisations are capable of that. Mm. Um, yeah. it's, it's interesting, like, uh, we often think that defence doesn't plan people's transition that well, but in, in a lot of ways it's sort of like other organisations, there's no transition whatsoever. It's like, okay, you're leaving, well, bye. Yeah, you know be four mean? weeks' notice, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Or if you're inside probation, one week's notice. <laughs> that's right. There's some big wake-up calls there, and, and yeah. certainly as an employer, the first time you go and um, you terminate someone's employment, it's you very much have, have grown up um, yeah. by that stage, and yeah, you realise how serious it is. I think so that... I guess the one thing there, yeah. sorry, Mark. Yeah, no, um, go ahead. So I guess in defence, uh, uh, particularly as, as a leader, your focus is, is on, on people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside, it's their livelihoods. So it's how they're putting bread on the table. And it's rare, rare that you're going to find someone who's in your organisation that if they didn't have that job would be broke. Uh, but, yeah, what, what's their progression look like mm. in an organisation like yours? Are you, are you growing that business to give them development opportunities? They're, they're all things you have to start thinking about because, yeah, compared with defence, it doesn't really grow unless government says, "Hey, I want to right. retain." Yeah, um, it's it's far more dynamic. Yeah. There's less, I guess, initiative to um, develop things yourself because, as you say, it's kind of like stipulated, and it's the same with pay. It's like you don't, you're not taught to uh, negotiate pay because the government is telling you what you're going to get paid. Yeah, well, there are, there's a board, right? Yeah, that does that yeah. negotiation for yeah. you, and they'll yeah. um, and they'll run, uh, mm. gosh, yeah, whatever they used to be called, like remuneration review boards and so on yep. Yep. for yep. particular categories or whatever. I yeah. remember doing one in defence, that's in Darwin for recovery mechanics, right? Things like, yeah. Anyway, very interesting, yes, but certainly yeah. um, outside there may be what are called enterprise bargaining agreements. And in those situations, it's quite structured, but I've never worked under one of those myself. Right, right, right. Sounds like your transition was pretty well planned overall compared to, I mean, uh, it's, there's, I've interviewed a lot of yeah. people and everyone's story is different, but it sounds like it was uh, well thought out. Yeah, well, I, I had, had the time, right? So I got married. I've said, <laughs> I, 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 I thought that I would be staying in much longer than I actually did. Uh, I had, impression, had an impression of... Staying until I was a lieutenant colonel, um, <laughs> aiming for locational stability by the time the children were in high school, uh, and uh, there was some other some other factor I had in my mind at the time mm-hmm. upon getting married. This was the goal. Uh, as it turned out, it was like, no, you'll be getting out as a captain. <laughs> we're going for lo- locational stability now, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. So as a result, it was like before the before the kids even started school. Yeah, we were trying to do that so yeah um yeah it's 
it is interesting how that's a big bundle of perspective having children getting married so it's like you, you, yeah. um, you reassess a lot of priorities yeah so what I mean, a lot of the times I'm interviewing somebody, their transition hasn't been good, and I sort of say, "Well, mm. what would you do differently? What did you learn from that?" So perhaps the the flip side of that with you is like, "What? Why did it work so well, and how would you give that advice to other people?" Uh, Aside from the fact that look, you planned I, I it well, I certainly yeah. do do try to. I, I tried a lot harder when I I'd first made those steps, and mm. I, it was obvious to me, yes, this this is probably what a good transition looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly uh, using my network was key. <coughs> um, I actually, so these career, career transition assistance se- seminars, mm. I think the first one I went to, they said um, you should read What Colour Is Your Parachute yep. by, called, by called Richard Ian Bowles, yep. um, which, yeah, it was getting updated every year at the time. Good book. Um, yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. I tried to reread it, but it's because it's updated like, years different yep. when I first read it. Right. It was a bit too different for me. Okay. Uh, but the core principles are there in terms of, um, yeah, location, what type of work you want to do, um, what level it needs to be at, mm. etc. I don't remember all the categories now. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, in Australia, location is key because it'll make a huge difference on what jobs are available. Um, yeah. No, that's right because a lot of people, when they do get out of defence, they get a job that's in line with what they did and they mm-hmm. end up, you know, me being a background in intelligence, for example, a lot of people end up having to move to Canberra. I'm not saying having that it's a bad mm. thing, but if you're uh, set up in Brisbane or you're set up in another city, yep. it's a big, big transition. You may have never lived in Canberra in your life, and, mm. and it's sort of like everyone kind of gets uh, directed yep. to that. And so, yeah, having having the ability to live where you want is a big thing. Mm. It's, a, it's a huge factor. No, and I, I had very clear goals about what I wanted to achieve at the time upon transition, but I also accepted that um, because of who I was in the market that I was interviewing in, they weren't necessarily um, rating me as highly as I was rating myself in those areas. They would say, well, you're going to take a lot of development to get there. So it's kind of like a two-step move. What's the what's the thing that relates enough to what you used to do? And then, okay, from that new position, how do you get into your, your next one? Right. I still haven't really mm. made the transition that I wanted to back then. Yep. Uh, but it made a different transition, right? So <coughs> um, the field I went into was project management and I wanted to move that into a, a certain field in terms of what I was doing project management of. Mm. That hasn't really eventuated, but in over time I've fallen back more on my leadership skills developed predominantly in the Army mm-hmm. um, and business development skills um, developed in the very early days of getting out of the Army mm-hmm. uh, to then realise, okay, well, yeah, I may not be able to do exactly the kind of projects I want to do, but it's not about me, right? Like those projects are still getting done. People are doing those. Yeah. The people are who are doing them are probably far more qualified and better suited to the, do them. So why don't I stick to um, what I can do well and, and lead others in the process? Yep. That's, been, yep. that's probably been the, um, the valuable part of that. But yeah. yeah. Love it. And let's, uh, let's bring it back to um, this program now. You know, yep. everyone takes away different stuff from it. Everyone has a different awakening. Everyone has a different um, yeah element that, that stands out to them. So what's been what's been your team of awakening? I know we discussed it earlier in the group. But let's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's obviously a range of different topics covered, but one of them was um, communication and mm. uh, and active listening and so on. So I guess through that process, I think we covered it wasn't it wasn't a mindset 
video it was more on like where are you at like right now yep. in terms of oh the above and below the line yeah above yep. and below the line um it's like also referred to living it at effect or at cause so are, are you uh living a life because you're influencing the world yes, or you're being affected by the yeah. world and sort of playing victim and, yep, yep. and certainly yeah during that i was going oh well of course, I'm, I'm above the line. I'm, I'm, I'm creative. Of course, of course we are. <laughs> we, we, we all are. Everybody yeah, thinks we're above the line. Yeah, yeah. So, and then yeah. like the further I got into that, I went, who am I kidding? I've spent years below the line. Haven't we all? Um, yeah, uh, but particularly around um, just relationships and communication. Um, so that was the thing I, I reflected on most at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I go, well, that's certainly something I've got to pick my game up on. Mm-hmm. Um which I think, oh, like I'm, I'm capable of, but certainly being aware makes it a lot easier. Mm. Uh, and that's what, that's the beauty of a course like this is that your awareness, this awakening, it, mm. it, it's impossible for it not to happen because there is um, quite a lot of information and a really supportive environment to help you get to that point. Yep. Uh, so that was one, and the other one was really uh, service to the community. So um, yeah, we. Uh, with kids and a job and family, but all, all these other priorities, that has something. That's something that has been lower for me. Like I, I did do uh, some work with a mentoring organisation in Canberra when I first got there. Mm. This is outside defence, um, but yeah, that that didn't fit in well with all my other commitments. Then I tried coaching a football team. That didn't fit in well with my other commitments. <laughs> so once it got cut, there's, it's really just been yeah, work, family. Um, and and some leisure time in between. So mm-hmm. yeah, I look. I think at my age, I'm mid mid forties. Really, I'm I'm going to work for x x number of years, and I'm probably going to live for x plus twenty. So I don't want to like this is another transition I'm planning for, yeah, right? So right. I don't want to be in a position where um, work ends and then it's like okay, what now? Are those things I need to have bubbling along in the in the background they'll come up at later stages in life yeah but yeah. i get now now's the time to be preparing for them and, and opening your mind to those possibilities mm. so you don't become fixed and rigid and go well the only thing i know to know how to do is is the work i'm doing now right um because if you want to move into an advisory role or or a board or or help not for profits or whatever well if you've never worked with them before, a whole new, whole new skill set. <laughs> they're probably going to they're probably going to look at you and go, "Why would I use you when I've got all these other people who yep. have actually been investing in that yep. Um, yep. as a skill set over time?" So yeah, it's it's here's another transition, and that's um, that that was the thing covered uh, this afternoon. Actually, mm. is that the transitions are always happening? Yep. Um, yep. And I guess in terms of yeah, meaning like that that's just a search. Don't don't expect to find it and go. Oh, everything's sorted now. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think in 2017, I thought, great, I, I got I got promoted in the firm I'm in. I think, yep, everything's great. I'm fat, dumb, and happy. This is fine. <laughs> I just want to do this. And then um, they came to me again and said, hey, this role's going to open up. What do you think about that? Yeah. I went, oh, that's really soon. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and like it, it's been a, a, quite a big step up in terms of responsibility, and I've just had to. Um, yeah, acknowledge that I've been selected for a reason and I've got to perform. Mm. Um, it's not a – yeah, you can't just go through the motions, I think is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And in terms of uh, what you mentioned there, 
you know, the above the line, below the line, and the communication. Um, how do you think that will affect this? You know, the fact that you've been promoted, you've got these extra responsibilities. How will you take those skills back to that environment? Do you think? Uh, well, it's yeah. How <laughs> I obviously have to assess the willingness of the organisation to take any of that on. Mm. So oh, it's, it's that, that also speech. within yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, certainly within myself. Um, well, yeah, I, I look at uh, relationships with with clients and with other colleagues mm. and so on, and you think, okay, well, where's the friction? What what am I actually doing about that? Yep. Um, and taking taking it seriously, investing in uh, trying to make those things go better rather than just ignoring them and yeah. say, oh, that's right, I, I don't have to spend too much time doing that or being uh, in those kind of conversations, it'll be okay. Or mm. like over... Over a lifetime, those kind of conversations are coming up regularly. Uh, if they're if they're making you anxious and directing your focus away from what you're actually trying mm. to achieve, then you need to you need to do something about it. And that could be a, a, a tough thing, you know, because you'll go back to you'll have future clients, future engagements mm-hmm. where you know people haven't been exposed to this sort of training. I'm sure they've yep. done plenty of stuff in their own life, and you'll yep. you will see them behaving like that, mm. and you'll see where the the challenge is. But it's going to be difficult to go. How, how do I Couch this to them. How do I make them aware of it? You know, it's a well, like the the lucky position I'm in, Michael, is like when we're not doing disaster relief. Right? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not trying to pull buildings off people who have been crushed from earthquakes or right. or um, uh, make an intensive care unit like stand up and be operational. So w- we can take the time yep. um, to to get it right. And and really that. Uh, project management as a discipline has been around for a while, but the realization, well, at least the last ten to twenty years, is, is that relationships are key to all of this. Um, just saying black and white contracts is this mm. is is not enough because right. people like to work with people that they like to work with, and you're probably not going to find you get another opportunity if that's your approach. So. Um, yeah, finding better ways to build enduring relationships, um, and like, w- yeah, while you won't necessarily um, be able to change that person, you can set boundaries and yeah. be clearer about um, your own needs. Uh, like I, I've, I don't know, not sure when I, it, it occurred to me, but it was a few years ago now. Um, that everyone has fear, right? Fear yep. is just. It's just a common part of the human commonplace thing. Yeah, uh, bugger all people talk about it though. So, um, yeah, being honest about okay, r- rather than kind of briefing black and white, so you can later say I told you so. Like being opening up about uh, based on our experience as an organisation, we fear that this may happen if you take this route um, because we've been in this situation before. Like trying to humanise it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. Uh, that I found it certainly helps um, staff who are struggling with yep. trying to do black and white consulting project management, as opposed to acknowledging that um, yeah, the, the person they're dealing with, well, they got a boss, and they <laughs> gives they them more dimensions. Yeah, yeah, dimensions yeah. to the way they communicate. Yeah, 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 yeah love it, mate. That's uh, you've got a very unique story. You know, I mean, the stories that we capture from people don't always have to be. Uh, about getting into the deepest, darkest depths of, um, you know, whatever it is. And I'm not mm. saying you haven't been there, but um, there is tremendous value in, you know, people who have had a, a good transition. Yeah. Uh, there may have still been challenges, but there's, 
yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, there's a lot in that. It's funny, you don't kind of realise it at the time, but um, a lot of those challenges for, for me were pretty early on in my life. Gotcha. Um, and, there were, yeah, there were certainly a few hiccups early on in my career. So, uh, yeah, I've, I haven't, I haven't like, had a... I don't, not, don't think anyone has a cruisy life, but I'm not in this situation where something massive has happened yep. in the last five years um, that's had this light bulb moment. I, I've, well, fortunate, unfortunate enough to <laughs> that that's happened along the way. Mm-hmm. So um, I've, yeah, I've developed a lot of those techniques um, pretty early on. But I think something that I did realise through this process is that when things go wrong regularly, you kind of, depending on your mindset, um, that can either be, okay, yep, that was a learning opportunity. Great, what, what can I take from that? But sometimes it just leads to a, a quite a large bank of fears to revert back to, to stop you from doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and while, yeah, I'm still relatively adventurous, um, this the, one of the awakenings for me is, yeah, well, you are still holding yourself back. Like there, you still do have a lot of things you're fearing. Um, so pull it apart. Why? Like, is, are they appropriate? Like, in is the fear real? Is it based on something? That, is yeah. uh, does it does it warrant the um, handbrake you put on things? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is it something that can be mitigated? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, big fan of risk mitigation. <laughs> <laughs> and just quickly, yeah, you, your partner's been on this program the whole time as well yep. and she's had her own transitions, her own uh, awakenings with this. Yeah. How has that changed? Um, you know, how, how has or will your relationship change based on this, what you've been through? Uh, well, it, it talked about certainly communication. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm one of these people who seems to think I'm always right. Um, even when... It's I'm part of the below-the-line part, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> below the line. Um, Will to right, be right. Con- concrete yeah. thinking, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So uh, while like, I, I think I've been trying to fix that, it, it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, well, yeah, how am I hard, trying hard enough to do that? Yeah. Um, and also, I guess, an appreciation that like, everyone's, everyone's story is different uh, and you only know a fraction of it, really. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah give like in terms of a positive mindset, like giving people the benefit of the doubt and, um, yeah, trying to understand where they're coming from yep. without prying as well. That's the other thing. It's yep. If they're not willing to share, then mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need to try and tease everything out. But, um, yeah, no, it was good that we were certainly good that we were both able to come together mm. uh, because I think the one of the things we discussed in the course was how – your environment can um, help or hold you back in terms of changing habits. Uh, yep. So being here together has certainly helped. Like, um, yeah, e- eating better and doing more exercise mm-hmm. is easier if you're in sync with right. someone. I think rather than having to go to go home and explain <laughs> this, you know, all these things, all these revelations you've had to yep. someone who doesn't have context, they've been by your side the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Well, Fortunately, I, I did stop uh, drinking a couple of years ago, so that's not like a. I don't have to come home and and do that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I covered that a while ago. So gotcha, yeah, gotcha. That, that helps. Love it, mate. Well, Judd, uh, you've shared a lot of gold nuggets, so I really appreciate that. Is there anything else um, that I sort of haven't covered off, and you wanted to throw in there for the listeners, or um, if not, we can uh, we can think about wrapping up. Um, 
Oh, probably. Obviously, the one thing we're try- all trying to help here is uh, is veteran well-being, and mm. there's, there's no doubt about it that there's still a lot of veterans uh, in in trouble. But I think uh, the important thing is to realise the support network that is out there. Mm-hmm. There are people literally lining up to to help, um, but you need to put your hand up and take those steps to to ask for help. And it's not. Um, yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed of doing that. I've certainly had to do it myself yep. several times. Um, and, yeah, my, my darkest moments over um, all my lifetime, but it's, it, if I look at my career, they've all been around uh, times when I've been busted and not been able to do exercise, for instance. Yep. Uh, or I've been really down but not talking to people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, yeah, when you're able to do that stuff regularly, mm. uh, it makes a big difference. Um, yeah. Just quick on that, I think we're we're starting to notice. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but there's there's more officers coming on the programs than, mm. than we've had before. Do you think that there is a uh, tendency for people who are more senior or hold leadership positions to not want to reach out, especially if they're still in the defence, because it could look weak in front of their subordinates, or because they feel it could tarnish their reputation in some way, shape, or form, and that could be holding some people back? Uh, well. Like I'd say it's pretty out of touch. Mm. I don't consume massive amounts of media, mm. but mm. honestly, if you weren't aware that there's a mental health crisis happening effectively globally right. at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, and veterans are just another at-risk community there, yep. Yep. Um, then you, you've got a bit of a tin ear in my mind. Yep. Um, yeah. I appreciate, yeah, potentially you, mm. you're not... You're not getting as many people coming forward in that space, but I think, um, it, yeah, well, I, it's it is different for officers. So mm-hmm. the different responsibilities. Yep. Um, so yeah, if they've made a transition, um, then they might think, well, how would I even get the time off to do something like that? Gotcha. Um, but yeah, go to a doctor if you if you have. Um, personal leave in the bank say okay can you write me a certificate mm. this is something I need mm-hmm. um, I think it'll make I think it'll help to make me better uh, and in the process of getting better you'll be a better leader for the people you're, you're working with yep. assuming that's the kind of role you're doing yeah. uh, post defence if you're actually in defence well I'm not sure I've, I've been out for quite a while so I don't know yeah. how they would yep. access a program like this yeah yeah. well I think it's uh yeah, as I said, I don't have any uh, concrete evidence to say that that is the case. My intuition tells me that I, I think some people would would hold back because they're like, oh, well, you know, what, what about reputation or, or people could see me in a different light. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We've all got feelings. We've all got things that we're working through. We've all got stuff mm. that's happened to us. And uh, I would certainly um, not like to think that people are holding back from reaching yeah. out to help for, because of those reasons because they're not good enough reasons. Yeah. If you need help, go get it. No, And really... You don't necessarily need to wait until you're at the absolute depths 100%. of despair before putting your, your hand up. And in fact, um, I think it's a fella up, lives up here in Brisbane, uh, Dr. Justin Coulson. He mm. did a brief at our school a while back. Uh, yeah, why wait till you're mentally unhealthy before you do anything about it? What's wrong with trying to thrive and, and set an example of what that looks like? That's huge. Um, yeah, I'm not going to like. Mm. gloat about being in that position but mm. it's it's certainly something to aim for in terms of growth yep. um yeah rather than just convinced just lying to yourself about everything's okay until it's not um be honest about the fact that well 
yeah, it might be okay, but mm. okay, well, if it's okay for you, then what are you doing for your community to, to make it better f- across yep. the board? Because if um, you get yourself better, you can help other people better. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely, definitely. And, and mm. yeah, like, there's no, like, no, very few people exist in a vacuum. They're always going to be influencing someone. Yep. The, the, the family, the colleagues. Um, 100%. Yeah. Yep. Friends. So, uh, yeah, if leaders need to lead by example and, and part of that is being honest about what um, what work you need to do on yourself first yeah. so you can um, make a better contribution. I think people will respect that too. They, they see that the person has had the self-awareness to go, this is what I need to do and they go and do it and they come back a better person. Mm. So what? That's, that's all better for it. Yeah. Love it, mate. Well, look, uh, I think we'll wrap up there. Thanks so much for everything you shared there. really appreciate it. Now we uh, snuck this interview. It's uh, now 9.30 at night on the, on the last night before we wrap up the program, but I appreciate it and uh, we'll uh, look forward to listening back to this. Cool. Good Thanks, on you, mate. Michael. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We trust it's been valuable. If you've got any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us at support at veteranscare.com.au and we do encourage you to share this podcast with anyone you feel really needs to hear it and keep a lookout for our next episode. Thank you.